0: What's up, Aspire fam? We've got a special guest on today's Aspire Experience podcast. We have Carly Mosier in the house. Hello. So, Carly, I wanted to bring you on the Aspire podcast today to talk about a race that you recently did. So, you recently completed the 2020 Miami Marathon, is that right? Yes. Yes. That's awesome. So one of the things obviously at Aspire that we like to do is um, a lot of us like to do races and doing a marathon is on a lot of people's bucket list. And we just want to talk to you today a little bit about the marathon, kind of what you did during it and kind of just hear your overall experience.
1: All right. Sounds good.
0: So this is your second marathon, right? What made you you want to do a marathon in the first place?
1: So I had done a ton of half marathons. I have probably done more than 10 at this point and so I kind of one day was decided that I wanted to see if I could actually do the marathon because every half marathon I did I always was like there's no way I could do another one there's no way I could do another half to this (laughs) (laughs) but one day I decided I was gonna give it a shot
0: and your first marathon was the Louisville marathon correct Nashville Nashville that's right that's right and how'd that go
1: Well, that one was – being the first marathon, I think there were a lot of things that I learned from that one. The atmosphere was awesome because it was in the rock and roll series. So it's a huge race. Um, Traveling for a race is always fun. Um, But I kind of, in the training, didn't really think about the hills of Nashville. or I'd always, with half-marathon training, done like one – weekday run and one weekend run and just done CrossFit so that's kind of what I stuck with and I got to Nashville and it was pretty tough I, I should have maybe trained the hills better but it was an awesome first experience that's for sure.
0: Yes. Yeah, so what was your what was your goal oh, well after you finished that race did you know you wanted to do another marathon right away or did it take a while for that to kind of sink in?
1: It took a while so while I was doing it I was telling myself that I was never going to do another one around, like, mile 22. But (laughs) it probably took, like, I guess not that long. Probably, like, a week before I was like, I'll do one again eventually.
0: Okay, so it was pretty quick.
1: Yeah, I didn't know I was going to do one the next year. That wasn't really in my plan at first, but.
0: And now, what was your goal going into marathon number two?
1: So, marathon number two, I just wanted to beat – my time from the first one, my first one was four hours and 20 minutes. And I ended up walking, like walk running the last five ish miles of it. So my goals were really just to beat that time and to try to not walk. Okay. Um, but with that, I also kind of learned that as I started off training again, and I kind of did it a little differently for the second one because every year we do the November half and the Miami one was in February. So I just kind of kept my training going from the half marathon, but I kind of realized that if I wanted to PR and make my times faster, that I was going to have to change things up a little bit as far as my training went. So,
0: yeah. So Carly, how long would you say you trained for this last marathon?
1: So, I had been carrying over training from the half, but when I was solely focused on the full, it was probably about three months. The half ended in November, like the second week of November, and my race was the second week of February.
0: Okay. So that's a lot of training. Would you say though that the training is tougher or the race itself?
1: The training, for sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what? The, The race itself is one day, right? The training is what you said, at least 12 weeks going into that, right?
1: Yeah. And it was a lot of, you know, training in South Florida. We don't have the hills, but it's, you're trying to beat the heat. So it's the motivating yourself to get up at six o'clock in the morning on a Saturday and go run 18 miles is, you know, that's, that's a lot of, a lot of work mentally, I would say.
0: So would you say that's the toughest part of training are those long runs?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, Because it's, not only a physical battle but it's a mental battle especially if you're training for it by yourself because there's no one there to kind of make you keep going (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and so obviously nutrition and hydration are super important during the race and during training Uh, tell us a little bit about your nutrition your hydration strategies both during training and on race day
1: so during training I always brought with me like a one of those handheld water bottles. And I've had a hard time finding nutrition that worked well for me, but I did use the honey stinger goo was something that worked well. So I'd bring with me one to two of the little packets um, just because like I said, the goos are not always the best option for me. I tried to use them sparingly. So I t- during training, I would go through a full water bottle one, every mile I would have, like, one little sip. Um, but the goose, I would try, like, halfway through the run to eat it, so then I would have the other half to kind of get through.
0: Okay. And, all right, so we've done the training. Everything's in the bank. Now it's the day before the race. What do you eat the night before the race?
1: Um, so every race that I've done, we've typically, as weird as it sounds, eaten kind of like, A Mexican-style dinner. Um, Yeah. I eat, like, rice, beans, and grilled chicken um, is what I did before this marathon, and that worked pretty well.
0: And do you sleep at all that night before, or are you too anxious?
1: Um, It's a mixture of both. Um, For the Miami Marathon, I had to get down there in time. I had to get up at, like, 3.15, so I tried to, like, ease myself into watching TV in my bed at, right 7.30, (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So I, I didn't probably fall asleep till a lot later than that, obviously with the nerves and stuff. But I tried sleep.
0: <laughs> yeah, and what are you what are you eating the morning of? Since you're waking up that early, are you able to get anything in your system beforehand?
1: Yeah, so I ate the same thing I was eating with all my training runs. I was eating be before I would run. I have to give myself like at least 45 minutes during trainings to digest something. So I was eating a cliff bar. Um, Those seems to work pretty well. And so on race day, I had the same thing. I had a cliff bar.
0: Okay. And so you're down there early in the morning and this race in particular, I know some races have corrals, some races uh, you're kind of all just starting at once. How did this race kind of work when you wrote, when you arrived on race morning?
1: So there were different corrals. Um, I was in corral, I think these were by letters. I think I was G. So it was kind of like the main starting area. And then the later corrals were off to the sides. And they based the corrals off of when I expected I would finish, like how long it would take me. Okay. Um, so it, they were sending this off. It seemed like in groups every like mm, five to eight minutes. So I probably waited in my corral for like 35-ish minutes before I actually got up to the start line. And they announce you and do a big deal for every single corral that comes through. So it's not like you're just straggling in the back. Like they make it a big, you're crossing the line, like cheering kind of thing for each corral that went. So
0: Cool. And do you remember the time that you gave uh, to be in that particular corral or no?
1: Um, I think I gave the four hours and 20 minutes because that is what I had done before. Okay. Um, So I think I just stuck with that.
0: Awesome. So your corral finally walks up. It's finally your turn to go. You're, you're anxious. You're ready. What's the emotions when you start that marathon?
1: I think it's definitely a lot of excitement, nervous a little bit, but trying to, you know, block that out and just take it one mile at a time. But it. It definitely is an exciting feeling and seeing everybody that's there watching because they always have the starting line pretty packed. So that's definitely excitement, but, like, also the remembering that I need to, like, keep it in control. I can't, like, blaze out of there and then die out after a few miles. So it's a mix of things, trying to control excitement mostly, though.
0: Awesome. And what was the weather like when you started the race?
1: Um, It was, I would say, probably – High 60s or low 70s. It was when it first started, the first corrals, it was still dark out. Um, So those people had it a little bit cooler at the beginning. But it was sun was rising when I started. And so it was probably like close to 70. It drizzled a tiny bit, but not really.
0: Okay. And all right. So let's break this race up into like eight mile segments or so. So the first eight miles, uh, you're running from downtown Miami, you go over the MacArthur Causeway through South Beach, and then back over to downtown Miami. So what, tell me kind of about those first eight miles a little bit.
1: So the first eight miles was, for Miami, was ve- very crowded, because they also have the half that's going, Okay. Um, and, you know, you're mixing in with people from different corrals ahead of you, and people from other corrals behind you are catching you, so it. It was pretty crowded, a lot of energy. I think that was one of the hardest parts of this race for me was the beginning part, kind of adjusting to if I wanted to go around somebody, how I could do it without, like, causing a bunch of people to crash into each other. Oh, there was that many people. Oh, yeah. It was a lot.
0: Really? Okay. And so this is that first eight miles. What are you thinking, like – pace-wise at this point because you're you're only you know the first third of the race what are you kind of doing pace-wise to make sure that you're not that you're sticking to your goals
1: so I kind of started off a little slower um uh, probably like 10 seconds slower than what my averages were while I was uh, training just to kind of the first mile or two I think it was a mix of the traffic and then me trying really hard to like not overdo it but as it went I was getting faster. Um, I actually held pretty consistent pace. It was faster than what I had trained with, but I kind of anticipated that, and I just took it mile by mile, um, just how I was feeling and would check in with myself, and if I felt like I was fine, like I just kind of kept going. I For the marathon, I broke up my – like the actual race day, I broke my nutrition up into different ways, so I kind of used like, okay – you need to have enough energy to get to mile 10 and then you can have nutrition. So like, how are you going to be able to get to that point? Still feeling good was kind of what my thought process was. Okay. Um, and then seeing you guys at mile eight was super helpful because breaking it up a little bit, getting out of my head and like having a little bit of interaction. Cause I don't listen to music or anything. So it's just me and my thoughts. <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: Yeah, any, anytime you, you do a race and you can have friends or family or anybody at certain points of the race cheering you on that, that's so helpful. Because, I mean, not only is it nice to see someone for, you know, that little bit of time, but it gives you something to think about for a, a lot of the time previous to that because you're wondering, where are they? Are they going to be at this mile? Where am I going to see them? Are they going to be on the left side of the road, right side of the road? What's going to happen? So it's always nice when you're able to see that.
1: Yes, Definitely.
0: Yeah. All right. So we're eight miles in. You just saw your little cheer squad. You still got quite a bit more to go. Um, Now you're on your way back to downtown Miami, going back to that kind of half marathon mark. How did that feel when you passed like the 13 mile mark where a bunch of your friends are leaving you and you're off to uh, do 13 more
1: miles? Um, It was kind of a mix of emotions because for the Miami one, you're all going pretty much the same way up until like, you're going with them basically to their finishing home stretch and then you kind of turn and go the other way. Um, so there was like confetti and things going off. And so you're like, Oh, that's exciting except for,
0: (laughs) and you're only halfway into this thing.
1: Right. So it was a mix of emotions, but I think it, it makes you feel like, man, I'm proud of myself that I'm doing this extra and, but also a little bit of like, oh boy, I just did half of it, I've got to do another half. So
0: any thoughts of like, I wish I was just done with this, or like I'm ready to do 13 more and I'm kind of a badass?
1: I think it was more of just being ready to do more. I think if you get into the thought of like, I wish I was just done and you're only halfway there, it's only gonna go downhill at that point. So yeah. I think just keeping positive and being like, All right, I can do this. This is this is gonna be awesome when I can say that I finished. This large amount instead of just the halfway mark. So
0: love it. All right. So now we're at mile thirteen. You know, mile thirteen, and uh, on. Let's go to mile like twenty-two or so. So we're about another eight miles in from that eight-mile mark. Um, Let's go thirteen to twenty-two. Kind of that nine miles. How are you kind of feeling during those miles to get there? So,
1: so um, I think at the beginning i saw some more people that were that i knew around like 14 so that was nice just to kind of like because at that point you're going from being around a ton of people to not really being around that many people because the marathoners have pretty much broken up so they're you're not in a big crowd so there were stretches where i was at it's like the 13 to 15 mile where i was kind of by myself a little bit
0: okay so Um, it really really a lot of people left
1: yeah, it, okay. it thinned out a lot. Um, then we got to um, a bridge, but we actually ended up not going over. We kind of it looked like you're going to go over, but you went under it. Okay. Um, and at that point, it started getting a little warmer. The sun was definitely out, um, but I still was looking and seeing that my times were staying consistent. I was keeping a little bit ahead of what I had thought. So at that time, I was kind of thinking, oh, wow, I can actually like really get it time that I wasn't thinking I could. So having that kind of positive thoughts in my mind kept me trying to push hard. Um, the first time that I really felt like this could be interesting was probably around mile 18. Um, that was when I did my second little goo pack. Um, okay. But it was at that point, it was not a lot of shade. So pe- it was getting hot. Um, I caught up with a lot of people at that point too. Um, or we kind of mixed up, I would say. Um, so there was a mix of people that were going pretty fast by you, or people that had already started walking. And so it was kind of like you had to decide, like, am I gonna walk? Should I walk? Like, are they should I do what they're doing or should <laughs> yeah. I keep going? Um so and- the eighteen to t- twenty two is probably the hardest stretch of I would say, just because you know you still have a decent amount to go. And your body's kind of starting to say hey this hurts a little bit
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and were you using any aid from the um, aid stations or were you using just everything that you brought along yourself
1: so it's at first i was trying to just use the bottle that i had brought for myself in in half marathons i don't typically bring my own but knowing that it was going to be like a longer, like a, not longer, sorry, like a lot more people and be a little harder to cut in and get the water. I brought some. Um, and during the half, I didn't really stop at the aid stations. I just used my own. Um, but for the second part of it, I was filling, they would have like big jugs that they were pouring on people's heads and I would just kind of put my bottle out and say, can you just dump some in? And yeah, so filling it up kind of that way, I didn't ever take any of the, food stuff they had like the gatorade gels and stuff but you know your body's going through a lot and so it's not a great for me at least to introduce things that i haven't eaten
0: for sure i agree with that
1: um just doing the water not any gatorade or anything like that
0: all right so we're in the last final stretch now we're miles 22 to 26 what's going through your head carly
1: so at that point uh it was i had seen the last group of friends that I knew I was going to see until the finish line. And so that gave me like a little boost of, I had some snacks for me, some grapes and oranges that I had asked for. So that was a nice little.
0: Love it. Must must be good friends.
1: (laughs) Great friends. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it was, that was a nice little boost. Um, I think around mile 23, I kind of realized like I haven't walked yet. Like I can do this. I'm not going to walk. So it, it hurt. I definitely will say I was moving a lot slower those last couple miles, but that was kind of the point when I knew, like, really self-positive talking myself was going to be the only way to get it through. Like, I just was telling myself, like, you've only got three left. You've already done 23. Like, you can do this. And that, just making sure I didn't get in my own way at that point, because physically. I knew I, I could do it at that point yeah. um, because I'd made it so much further than I did in the previous marathon that I had run. So I, but I didn't want to get mentally in my own way. So.
0: Awesome. And so now we're finish lines right there. What do you think in running under that finish line?
1: Um, definitely happy that it's that I'm at the end, but I think it's a lot of excitement and you're, you know even on the second one like just the feeling of like I actually did it and looking down at my watch and seeing that I had significantly improved my time was also an awesome feeling and it's just a cool experience because there's all everybody's having different reactions and emotions as they're finishing and in Nashville I crossed the finish line and then immediately dropped down to the ground and was like crawling but in Miami I've finished and I was fine I was walking walking around checking out the snack tent so (laughs) you know it's a it's a definitely can be a mix of emotions of what you're feeling there but
0: and so did you hit your goal
1: yes I actually improved my time by 17 minutes which was a lot better than I thought I was going to do so
0: and so what was your overall time you remember
1: Uh, 403, I believe
0: that's awesome. And you hit your goal, you had a great experience. Now, here's the question Would you do another marathon?
1: 100%. It's actually kind of funny because you know, Corey gives me a hard time that every time I finish them, I'm like, oh no. But, um, (laughs) we were watching a movie the other night actually that, uh, inspired by a true story of someone who lost a bunch of weight and ran the New York City Marathon. And I like look Corey was like, would you do that? And I was like, maybe that should be my next one. That would be kind of cool. It would be. So it's, it's always in the back of my mind, but I definitely think I have a, a few more in me. Okay.
0: <laughs> and now I know a lot of people out there have marathon goals of their own. What would be your best advice you'd give to anyone um, completing uh, their first marathon?
1: Um, my best advice would be just making sure that even on the days where it's long and it's hot, just remembering to to be positive with yourself because physically it hurts. But if you're you know increasing your distance properly and you know using the training that you've always given me, Sean, and your advice, like if you're doing it the right way your body can handle it. It's mentally would be what I think has always gotten in my way. So just making sure, even when you're like, my legs are falling off, just reminding yourself like, Hey, at least I'm out here doing this. And when I get home, I'm going to eat a pizza. (laughs) Something that can motivate you. I think is the biggest help because those training runs, you don't realize they really help you to mentally be in the right headspace when you get out there for the real thing. So. Well,
0: that's awesome. Well, Carly, thank you so much for sharing your journey on the 2020 Miami Marathon. Uh, I loved hearing about it myself, and I think others are going to love hearing about it as well.
1: Of course. I'm glad I was able to share.
0: Love it, Carly. Thanks again, and we'll have you back on the show soon.
1: All right. Thank you, Carly. Bye.